0: to encourage you uh, with some words from that same Apostle Paul, this great missionary that traveled around the ancient world and started new congregations, just like this one was started here, and uh, and uh, he wrote uh, a great portion of the New Testament, the scriptures that um, have encouraged us throughout uh, the Christian um a history of many churches. And so, one, what I'm going to share with you is just one of my favorite passages. It's meant a lot to me over the years. There, um, the pastor that, of the church that I go to in, in Ocean City, Maryland, he does this thing where he, he asks every uh, New Year's, around every New Year's, to think about a verse in Scripture that we can memorize for the year. And he says, you know, pick your verse. And inside that verse, pick a word to focus on for your year, memorize the verse, think about the concept, see what difference it might make. And um, so I chose this verse, actually it's two verses, because maybe I'm a little bit of an overachiever, I don't know, maybe, I, maybe some of you are too. Uh, and I never really did very well with New Year's resolutions and goals, you know. Um, I sometimes ask, why do I even make them? You know, because uh, here we are eight months later, I don't even remember the goals that I made. But when we've done this, uh, Practice, I remember these verses. And so this is a verse. If you, um, you know, carry your Bible with you, if you have it with you, I invite you to open up to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 13 and 14. A uh, very familiar uh, uh, pair of verses you might know. Or also if on your phone, feel free to look up um, the text, you know, on your, on your phone as well. You know, we admire the Apostle Paul for his, um, his many attributes and accomplishments um, he's like the, I used the word overachiever before. He seems to be like the classic overachiever. Um, both before he was a Christian, he was a zealous uh, Pharisee uh, in, the, in the Jewish uh, religion in, uh, as a Jewish leader. And then uh, after he became a Christian, he was this amazing um, uh, a missionary who shared the gospel all over the world. And this is another one of those letters that he wrote while he was in prison. And he's thinking about the churches. That, um, that he uh, visited and he wants to strengthen them. And he's specifically concerned about this church in Philippi because uh, their neighborhood hasn't been too kind to them. Like, they're experiencing some struggles with the local government, with the people around them. And he's concerned for them because he doesn't want them to give up. He doesn't want them to think, hey, this thing is too hard to do, you know. Uh, sometimes being a young church and just getting started... Um, you're gonna run into some obstacles and you're like, man, why do we keep doing this? Like, is, I thought this was supposed to be easy. It's not. Lord never said it was gonna be easy. He only said it was gonna be worth it. And so here um, in Philippians chapter, just, if even if you go back to the beginning of Philippians, I love this, um, just to hear the heart of where Paul's coming from here for his love for the churches. He writes this in, in chapter one, verses three through six. He says, I thank God Every time I remember you, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Imagine if he was um, writing this to you here at Connect Us Church. You know, I, I pray with you with joy because I always from, remember our partnership from the first day, January of this year, until now, eight months later, and I'm just amazed what God is doing in your life. And then he says in verse 6, being confident in this, that he, meaning Jesus, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. We don't get to see the future. We don't know what God is going to do in our lives individually or in our lives as a church. But we have promises like this that God started it and he's going to see it finished. And Now you move uh, forward, Philippians chapter 3, and we get this, I think, this this message of hope for the future from the Apostle Paul, and I want to share it with you because I think he means it both to be encouraging to us as individual people and to be encouraging to us as a church. And this is what he writes. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on, towards the goal to receive the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, he begins, he says, brothers, this, this, this term of endearment, he's going to share something personal about his own life. He says, listen to me, because what I want to share with you is really important. He says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. That's a curious thing for him to write because we see this vision of, this, of the Apostle Paul as this great missionary man of God, right? He's done, like, basically everything there is to do. And yet he says, I haven't accomplished my goals yet. There's some standard that Paul has for himself that he hasn't accomplished. I mean, what, what could he possibly not have done yet? He seems to be successful at everything he does. And I think we get a little bit of a clue. If you go back just a couple verses to verse chapter, I mean, just chapter 3, verse 10, you get a little bit of a clue what he's talking about here. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already been made perfect. Some, some of your translations might say have already been made complete, right? I like this word here. It, it, it translated perfect. You see, there's probably a lot that you can get out of that, that uh, verse there, but I, I would summarize it this way. Paul wants to know Jesus so well that he begins to act like Jesus. Paul wants to be perfect like Jesus is perfect. And I wanna ask you, isn't that what you want too? Aren't we tired of screwing up? are we tired of saying to ourselves, I can't get through this, you know, this day. I can't break this bad habit. I can't fix this relationship. I can't stop making poor choices. I can't be the person that God wants me to, to be, that I want to be. I can't stop thinking these terrible thoughts. I can't, I can't, I can't. And I just think it's refreshing here that Paul, this, this great person in scripture that we think so highly of, of that he's in the same spot that he admits his own inadequacy that he says you know i haven't considered myself yet to have taken hold of it i mean if paul can admit his own difficulties don't you think that we can too and this for him is not like a a, a, a place to be discouraged it's just an honest place from, from which to move forward. So in, in, this, in these verses here, a, he, he makes a, a statement of how we progress in life. And that, and that first idea is be honest about your past. Be honest with who you are. It's okay to admit to yourselves and to others, I, I haven't yet accomplished it all yet. I still have a long way to go. I got some growing up to do. I got some work to do in my life, and that's okay. So progress in life is about being honest about your past. It's also about perseverance. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting the past and straining towards what is ahead, I press on. He says one thing. I love that idea. He's just like, just one thing I do. You know, it's, it's easy, it's memorable, it's so different than how we usually treat our lives, isn't it? We like to, we like to think that the, the, the remedies for our problems are complicated, you know? At least we, we, we make them that way. I, I, out of curiosity, I went online and I looked at a bunch of um, uh, uh, self-help books that you can see in online bookstores. You can buy them from Amazon or wherever, and they may be great books. I was just looking at the titles just to see how many things, you know, authors would ask us to do and here are some of the titles i found five steps to finding your purpose six steps to transforming performance seven steps to li- uh, to living at your full potential eight simple steps to solve any problem nine principles for creating habits ten simple steps to a healthier you here's my favorite one 160 ways to enhance your natural intelligence you know, if you, did, if you put all those things together, that's 205 more things for you to do this year? I like Paul's view a lot better. One thing. One thing I do. And what's that one thing? He says, forgetting the past and straining towards what is ahead, I press on. You know, he uses this image of a runner that's running a race. And if you're running a race... You want to strive, that runner as an athlete, you want to strive with all of your might to that finish line. Just focus on that finish line and get there as fast as you can. It might be tempting to look over your shoulder to see where the other runner's on, but if you do it, it could be a terrible mistake. Probably the most famous example of this happened um, in August 1954. Two famous runners, Roger Bannister, was the first man to run a mile in less than four minutes. And then John Landy was the current record holder at that time for the one-mile run. So these two guys, super famous, they decided that they were going to run against each other to see who the fastest man on earth was. And they called it the Miracle Mile. 40,000 people packed a stadium just to watch two men run in a one-mile race. And I love athletics. I could totally imagine myself being there that day, you know, watching this thing take place. And with only 100 yards left, John Landy is in the lead, and he does the unthinkable. He looks over his shoulder, his left shoulder, to see where Roger Bannister was. And at that precise moment, banister runs around his right side and wins the race landy literally loses the race because he looks back and this is the image that the apostle paul is giving to us in this message here he says forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead i press on now, the biblical idea of forgetting does not mean we have no recollection of our past. We're always going to remember the things in our life that happened to us. No, the, the idea of forgetting, when you read it in the scripture, it means that our past has no uh, bearing on what we decide to do today, has no control over us, you know, anymore. That Jesus, when he died on the cross and he rose from the, from the grave, he paid the penalty of all of our wrongdoings and evils in our life, and he cleans the slate. He forgives us. He allows us to press forward with our life without this heavy burden of what happened in our past behind us, right? Now, Paul, you know, we, um, scholars, when they read this, they think, you know, what, what kind of past is Paul talking about? It could be that he's talking about his past past mistakes before he was a, a believer in jesus christ he was a zealous pharisee he he, w- he led mobs of people to hunt down christians to throw them in, in jail even murdered christians he thought of himself as the worst sinner who ever lived. and sometimes our past mistakes can be debilitating for us you ever have that day where you just like something that you did just that memory just pops up in your head and you sh- feel ashamed about it all over again some of us are dealing with the consequences still of things that we did years ago. But Like I said, Jesus died for those things so that we can move forward with a clean slate. Now, other scholars think that maybe Paul's talking about his past successes. You know, our past successes can sometimes be debilitating for us too. You know, Paul, after Paul became a believer, he was a very successful missionary. You know, sometimes when we're successful at business, we don't think we need to listen to other people. Or we're, 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 when we're successful in education, we don't think we need to be taught, you know, anymore. We don't think we need something like church or God anymore. And Paul said, no, no matter what I've accomplished, I've got to forget about those and keep pressing on. Whether good or bad, press on, press on, press on. You guys will experience those things, too. Together as a church, you're going to have good times and bad times. Press on. As an individual, any day that you live, you're going to make mistakes or you're going to make some good choices. Regardless, press on. It's a progress in their life. It's about being honest about our past, being perseverance in the future. Last thing he says here, it's um, pursuing a promise for the future. says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to receive the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I love the cadence of that. He's still using this image of a runner. Can you hear the runner step by step? I press on towards the goal to receive the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, we just saw the Olympics last summer, and so we still see this image today when when an athlete won a contest in the ancient games back in Paul's day, and even the Olympics today, they get up on the podium and they receive an award, like a medal around their neck or a wreath around their head. Paul says, no, the, the reward for the Christian life is way more valuable than that. It's eternal life with Jesus himself in heaven. And it's something that's already been given to you because of the work that Jesus has done. That he died on the cross, that he rose from the grave, he conquered the power of sin and death, and he doesn't say you have to work hard to do that. He says that we're simply by faith, if we believe in him, that he changes our life, and he offers us this glorious prize. Moses was fa- famous for saying this. He said, in the book of Deuteronomy to the Hebrew people he says god is near you he's not on the other side of the sea that you have to like you know take a boat and go and get him he's not at the top of a mountain that you have to climb the mountain he said moses says no god is on your lips and he's in your heart and then the apostle paul takes those same words in romans and he says if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord if you believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead that you will be saved have you done that? I think when Paul wrote these words, he's thinking of the day that he first believed in Jesus. You can read that story for yourself another time in Acts chapter nine. And, and he just thinks, wow, there's this glorious heaven that awaits for me one day. I don't have all the time to share it with you today, but I think of my own journey, how the Lord has taken me and the day that I first believed in him. How about you? Do you remember that day? On that day, God took your life and put you on a new pathway, and that pathway is heavenward. Or maybe that day's today. You know, heaven isn't one of these things that we get to experience by ourselves, brothers and sisters. It's something we get to experience together. You know? And I think that if we have a vision for that promise like the like the apostle asks us of here if we live our lives in light of that glorious prize, that it changes the way we live our life today. We don't make decisions based upon how we're feeling on the present moment. We don't make goals that um, just you know, change our life right now. Not that those things are necessarily bad, you know, but we can make decisions. We can make goals that make a difference for eternity. And so that's why I want to encourage you today. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting the past and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to receive the prize for which God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I just encourage you today, whether good or bad, you can leave the past behind you. Jesus died for you. You can persevere today. No matter what you're going through in your life with God's strength, or together as a group, Connect this church, just getting started, eight months old. The God who began this good work in you will carry it on to completion the day of Christ Jesus, but it's going to require perseverance. Be strong, keep the faith, keep moving forward together and loving one another, and keep your eyes on the prize. That all of this about one day, one day, being together forever because of what Jesus has done for us. And it's a pleasure to be here. It's so fun uh, to enjoy this time, you know, with all of you. And I'm so glad that you're part of the Converge family. And I can't wait to see um, what um, we might be able to do together in the future. Let me pray for you. Gracious God in heaven, thank you so much for this group of, um, of people here today. Thank you that um, uh, they uh, have come here this morning, that they've said, I, I want to be here uh, to um, be a part of this community and, and to see what Connect Us Church and the difference that Connect Us Church can make in our own lives and in the lives of other people. And Lord, I just pray that you would honor that. That you would honor that desire in them and you would help them become everything that you want this little congregation to be and, and, and that this good work that you have started in them, that you will carry it on to completion. And I pray for those who are sitting here right now that have yet to um, make that decision to follow you. And I just ask, Lord Jesus, if there's any, anyone here today that wants to take that step of faith, who wants to um, welcome you to change their lives, just invite them to pray a simple prayer like this. God, I'm sorry for the ways that I've been in my life. I know that I haven't lived it the right way but I know that you came and you died on the cross and rose again, and that somehow that can change my life. And so I believe in that, and I grasp that. And I ask you, Lord, to come into my life and to be the leader of my life from now and into forever. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen.